Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Last Minute Thoughts as we discuss all the news leading up to the Steelers' 1 p.m. matchup in Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you. Let's see if we can get this done nice, short, and sweet to get you ready for this game. This is a very interesting game. I'll give you more of my thoughts on it as we get into the second half. First, we're going to break it down. I've already said Jacksonville Jaguars in Pittsburgh, 1 o'clock when God intended NFL football to be played. This also is on CBS where God intended AFC football to be played. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not have a good experience with Fox last week. Just don't like how they do things. The, the I don't even know who's announcing the game. Don't care. The Just the overall production's got to be better than, than what it was on that other network last week. But uh, this game is probably going to be seen by a decent bit of the country. I haven't actually seen the map yet of exactly what it looks like. I could look at it here quickly, and we could possibly see that. But one thing I will warn you about is something I have to worry about in my region. I get the game on, on CBS, although I have Sunday tickets, so it wouldn't have mattered. But something you have to look at is – if you're in another region and there's a 425 game, now hopefully the Steelers game will be done by 425, but if it's not and it's at the end and you're in the home market of one of those other teams, they will cut away, which I know is devastating. It frustrates me when that happens, but sometimes that's just one of those things that happen based on their contractual obligations. But uh, it looks to me like this game – with the Jaguars is going to be seen by, oh, I don't know, maybe a, a decent portion of the U.S., I would say, uh, basically almost all of it. <laughs> uh, there's some, there's a couple other games that are going on at the same time. New England and Miami is, is getting some, so if you're all the way up in New England, you're not going to get that one. Uh, the state of New York and New Jersey and parts of Philadelphia, are they're, they're going to get the Jets-Giants. And then the Atlanta and Tennessee markets are going to be getting that, that game. But for the rest of the country, you should be seeing 
the Steelers and Jaguars. That's a, I mean, they're when you if you go if you want to know for sure, check out SilkerNetwork.com early this morning. It, it depends on how early you're listening to this podcast. It very well may already be there that Jeff Hartman does the map, and it's a big, big, big map of Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars. So hopefully, a lot of you will get to see this game. All right, so moving on to talk about some other stuff. The Steelers are home underdogs. They are. They are two-point underdogs currently uh, with an over and under of 41 right now. Now, that has fallen a little bit. I know when we did the Steelers preview on Thursday, I think our our over-under was 43, and it was two and a half. But the reason that's come down a little bit is because of some of the other things going on. And we'll talk about those other things right now. Guess we're going to have to do our tears for fears and talk about the weather. That's right, because it's going to be a big factor in this game. Here is, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I put a Brian Anthony Davis there bursting into song during a podcast. But hey, why not? I just thought I'd do that for you. Um, I hope you can enjoy that on a Sunday morning. So right now, the forecast in Pittsburgh is for rain early, then remaining cloudy with showers in the afternoon. I think the heaviest rain is supposed to be in the morning. The high is around 60. Winds west, west, bleh, if I can get this out, west, northwest, five to 10 miles an hour. Chance of rain 100% and rainfall around half an inch. Yikes. So it's going to be pretty soggy, but let's see how what it is around game time because you're looking at like 99% chance of rain in the early morning around dawn. 5 a.m. hour, 6 a.m. hour, even the 7 a.m. hour is 97%. But as you get closer to game time, those percentages come down. By noon, 85%. 1 o'clock, 69%. 2 o'clock, 41%. So you could see a break. It's down to 32% by by 4 p.m. And by the time the game's over at 5 o'clock, it's, it's 24%. That could bump forward. That could push later. The Where... You could very well see the rain ending during the game. So we'll see how that ultimately plays out. That's a factor I don't really uh, like to see. But, you know, sometimes when you find out that there's going to be some significant rain during the game, well, hey, at least we're not looking at what the Chiefs and Broncos are looking at, which is like 6 to 12 inches of snow. Um, But when you get weather like that, there's a tendency for the the over-under to drop. So that is important. If you're heading out to the game, make sure you have your rain gear because, you know, it's going to be raining pregame for sure. The question is how late will it go? That could change even throughout the morning. You know how forecasts change. It just is what it is. So what we're going to do now is let's go ahead and look at what the Steelers did with their roster moves. All right, I'm done. Yeah, because I I fully expected the Steelers to have some sort of roster move today based on the injury reports because and, and based on the fact that they only have 52 players on the roster. They've only had 52 players since last Saturday. They still have that spot to bring back Anthony McFarland Jr. or Cam Hayward, who started his window. I knew there was a very low chance Cam Hayward would be brought back. My goodness, he didn't practice until Thursday. And to me, that was more about, well, we'll let him practice and maybe at least give him a chance for next Thursday. I still think the best chance to see Cam is going to be against the Green Bay Packers in a couple weeks. But there were some, there was, when it came to the injuries, 
The Steelers have three players listed as questionable for the game, and all three of them played the same position. You had Joey Porter Jr. with a calf, cornerback, cornerback Levi Wallace with a foot, and cornerback James Pierre with an ankle. They're like they're they're just running the gambit of the lowest of the lower body injuries, you know, calf, ankle, foot. Now, it was said earlier in the week when Joey Porter Jr. had his calf issue that he was still going to play. I think he's the most important one, in all honesty, because he's the cornerback who has been playing the best. So it's if Porter can play and not be hampered by the injury, that's that's the other thing. You need him to play, and you need him to be as close to 100% as possible. Levi Wallace didn't practice Wednesday and was limited Thursday and Friday. I'm not sure what he's going to be. James Pierre is really the question mark. He was fine all week. Didn't show up on the injury report till Friday with an ankle and missed practice Friday. Had no clue that was happening until the injury report came out. All three of those guys were questionable. Now, I am going to assume that at least two of them are going to play. The reason I'm assuming that is because the Steelers did not elevate a cornerback from the practice squad. They didn't do it. They didn't They didn't bring back Anthony McFarland. They didn't elevate a cornerback. They didn't fill the 52nd, or sorry, the 53rd roster spot. So that tells me the Steelers have um, what, Darius Rush. I almost forgot his first name. Darius Rush on the roster. Both him and Luke Barku were taking first-team reps at practice on Friday. So the thing is, is Rush going to be active? Rush will be active if one of these three are not. If all three of them are active, I think Rush doesn't get a helmet still. I thought they might have even elevated Barku. And then maybe even if one of these guys weren't going to play, and then they might wanted to, maybe they wanted to have Barku over Rush because he's been here throughout the whole preseason and so far this year on the practice squad. They didn't do that. So are they really going to rely on a guy that's only been practicing two weeks? This tells me that two of the three are going to play. Um, if I was going to throw one out there, the one I would say that might not play would maybe be James Pierre because he couldn't practice at all on Friday. So, but we'll see. Maybe it's maybe it's Pierre, maybe it's one of the others, maybe it's um maybe um Rush who's inactive, but it's going to be one of those cornerbacks. I'm unless you decide, well, unless we have an extra cornerback active because of in case something someone goes down, since all three of them banged up, there's more of a chance that multiple corners could go down injury in game. I don't know if that's the case. I think that's the case. you got Shannon Sullivan. You've got um, Elijah Riley who could then slide into the slot to open up other things. They, they can move stuff around. All right, I've set it up there. Now let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had two players ruled out, wide receiver Zay Jones and cornerback Gregory Jr., then you also had a cornerback, Tyson Campbell, questionable with a hamstring. Uh, safety, Andre Sisco, questionable with a hamstring. Trevor Lawrence is technically questionable with his knee, but if anyone thinks he's not going to play, I, that would shock me after 10 days rest. Then you have two offensive linemen and Walker Little with a knee and Brandon Sheriff with an ankle that are both questionable. The, now, the, for the Jaguars moves by 4 o'clock on Saturday, they made two. They brought they activated Devon Hamilton from the reserve injured designated to return list, and they elevated a cornerback in um, I guess it's Tavon 
uh, it's probably how I would assume you say it, Tavon Campbell. With that going on with elevating a corner, it could be maybe. I would not be shocked then, and this was some information that we had from uh, if you listen to Friday's Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, where it was behind them en enemy lines, where they said they did not think Tyson Campbell was going to play this week. So that would be interesting if he does not play. So that's the injury stuff. I'm going to go ahead and take the break. We're going to come back, going to do a little bit of a breakdown of the game and everything else. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, Steelers fans, here we go. We're rolling through with some last-minute thoughts. So let me give you some of my thoughts on the game. All right, first of all, on Saturday, Jeff Hartman runs an, runs an article. It's called Keys to Victory. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what Jeff's keys to victory were. He had three on offense where he said, exploit a weakness. You know, try to find a weakness. Do something that that of the weakness that the Jaguars have in their defense. Right now, that's their passing game. They're 31st in the NFL against the Pats. I don't know if that's going to be the easiest thing to do depending on the weather. So we'll just have to see. Jeff also said they need to establish some balance. And he says, you know, keep the good times rolling was the other thing. He's like, can the Steelers pick up where they left off in the second half against the Rams? Can the offense just get going like that right off the bat? Would be would would be great. On defensively, he's like, you've got to get after Trevor Lawrence. You got to harass him. Um, they've given up as many sacks as the Steelers have, but in one more game. So that's something that that, that would is going to come into it, not let him stay comfortable. He is someone who does extend plays and, you know, tries to play quote unquote hero ball. Um, then Jeff also said the Steelers defense needs to be the dictators where the defense determines what the offense does and not, and the pace of play and all those other things, you know, you know, play on your toes, not your heels. You be the, you be the hammer, not the nail that all those cliches about that about be the dictators. And Jeff said his other key to the defense is just stop something. He's like, because the Steelers ranks are really bad. They give up a lot of yards. It would be nice if they could stop the run or stop the pass or one of those things. Um, and to just not continually rely on the splash plays, which you still want to get those splash plays the whole time. So those are some keys to victory. X-Factors, we have that article coming out later today on the website. Jeff Hartman, he took the offensive line. I took cornerback um, on the defense because I think between the health issues and getting Joey Porter Jr. more playing time, all those questions, if the Steelers cornerbacks can hold up and be, and be an asset rather than a hindrance, you're talking about a completely different Steelers defense. So I think that would be a really big key to the game. Now, for my final thoughts about things, this is a tough one. This is a tough game. I want to remind fans about this. This is one of, if not the most difficult matchup the Steelers have left this season, especially when it comes to their home games, especially when it comes to their home games. This might be the most difficult team they have left in Pittsburgh. Here's why. If you look at the schedule right now and the standings right now of all the teams left on the Steelers' schedule, there are two teams that have five wins so far. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers don't play the Ravens until week 18. This is the best opponent they're going to face for a while, judging it right now going into week eight. Now, things change. Teams get hot. Teams cool down. 
they could have other teams that are like, wow, now this team is pretty good and everything else. So keep that in mind. Uh, that's what's going on. But you take you take this team as being the one of, if not the best team, the Steelers are going to face for the rest of the way. You look at this team where the weather's going to be in question on Sunday with the rain and everything. And you, you know, normally you're like, oh, rain, bring it on, Pittsburgh Steelers, run the ball, run the ball. But they're going up against the fourth ranked rushing defense in the NFL versus the 31st ranked passing defense. And I'll tell you, this Jaguars team, they're all about the splash plays too. Not as much about sacking the quarterback. Their key is takeaways. The Steelers are way up there. I think I can't remember if they're tied for third or fourth in takeaways in the NFL. Jacksonville is number one. They've got the most takeaways in the NFL through seven weeks. So remember that. And especially with the weather, the Steelers really got to take care of the ball. So that concerns me. And the other thing that I don't like, not only the Steelers have to play a good team, they're playing a good team on the coming off their mini buy. I mean, they have 10 days rest. And when the Steelers get that 10 days rest, they usually come off that game pretty well. They're going to be doing that for a couple games coming up this season. So with those, it's like, oh, okay, all right. It's kind of stacked against the Steelers a little bit more here. So to me, if the Steelers can win this game, look out, AFC. Because that means that the Steelers can beat Jacksonville at this point of the season. And then looking at the rest of their schedule for the next several weeks, they should be able to stack some wins. Now, we always know that it's a, it comes into question as when the Steelers get in a roll and beat a team they shouldn't, then they'll turn around and lose to a team that they should beat. Yes, that happens. I'm just saying Jacksonville, if you're looking at their schedule right now and you got to pick one loss for the Steelers to have, this is the one that makes the most sense. So if they can pull off that, pull off the win, that's a big deal. And like I said, look out AFC. Are the Steelers a team yet? that is ready to put the AFC on notice, I don't know if they're ready to do that in October. They might be more ready to do that towards the end of November and in December. This will be a good test to see where the Steelers are and how much more they need to continue to grow if they want to make that push in into the postseason and through the postseason. Yes, I am. I am doing it. I am talking about... Playoffs. That's right, because right now the Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-2 and two in a much better spot than they were at this time last year. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Um, I didn't pick the Steelers to win this game, but I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they do. I would love for them to really be able to pull this off. But if they don't, it is one of those, you know, that was, good. That was a tough one they were going to have to try to get anyway. Uh, with that said, make sure you are checking out all of our information. Um, if you've never done it, it's, it used to be really bad at our old site. It's not here. The the game day threads uh, at steelcurtnetwork.com, actually a lot of fun. I stayed away from them like crazy before. These are great. They're fun. I, I like to be in them. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out all the stuff from the website leading up to the game. I'll have the inactives. You'll get the fun, bold, and bizarre. You'll get Jeff's and my X Factor. All those things that you typically get um, on a Sunday before the game. Also, right after the game, you'll get a nice little recap. And, of course, Big Brosco's knee-jerk reactions, which are always fun. As soon as the Mike Tomlin press conference is over, not only will we have uh, a press conference recap coming out from Tate Boy Fresh and Big G, we will be going live on YouTube with myself, Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis doing the post-game show. Make sure you don't miss any of that. Whew. You know what? 
I'm not picking the Steelers, but I'm going to bet on them. I'll tell you that right now. I'll, I'll put a couple bucks on them because I'm starting to get excited about this game and see, like, if they could do this, this is huge. So I'm, I'm feeling that potential and hoping maybe this game, this team really steps up in this moment to win this game. You got to tune in later today to see. So as we have to always say to close these out, go Steelers. Curtain Network. Get it.